And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you. Jonathan Kahn with us. His book, The Josiah Manifesto. Why does the Bible, Jonathan, seem to be so mysterious? Well, I think I think it depends what kind of what kind of part of the Bible we're talking about, or what realm of it. Because you know, some of the things are so simple. I think the most important things in the Bible are the simplest things that that a child can understand. You know, if 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 you're open, you understand it. You know, on the other hand, you know, like like it is with truth or revelation. There is so many layers, so many, so many layers. You know, and a book is as deep as its author. Well, you know, the author of the Bible is pretty deep. You know, so the thing is that there's no end. You know, I, I can read this. You know, I can read something that I've read for years and years and years, and I thought I knew it, but then all of a sudden, whoa, there's a whole other realm to it. You know, when you when you look at the revelations that were given to the prophets, the visions and the you know the symbolism and all, there is so much to it that you know. I don't think you could ever exhaust it. So I think it's on one hand it's simple, you know, the, well, the call is simple, and yet the, how far, how deep it is, is how far you go because there are so many levels to it. Even when when Jesus spoke and he spoke in parables, he said, "Well, it's also that those who are, are going to hear, you have ears to hear, they're going to hear it. Those who are not open, they're not going to they're not going to hear it." Where does the Antichrist fit in? Well, the Antichrist is the beast, and this is. You know, if as there is a, you know, as there is a Christ or a Messiah, there's going to be an anti-Messiah at the end. And the thing is that he, you know, the, the word Antichrist, as you know, it's from the Greek, can mean anti-against, it can mean anti-instead of, you know, or in place of, or substitute of. So the Bible says that in the last days there's going to be a one-world, and we're heading to it, but a one-world culture, one-world civilization, one-world state. And there's going to be a big brother who's going to make, you know, Stalin and Hitler look like Boy Scouts compared to what he will be over the earth. The Bible calls him, in, he first appears in Dan, in the book of Daniel, a prophetic book, and then, in, and then of course, in Revelation. Um, and it says that, you know, it's kind of like for a world, if you're turning away from the Christ or the Messiah or Jesus, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna have something else, you know. And so this is what it's going to turn to. And the, the interesting thing, what people don't realize, because sometimes people look, they get caught up in, is this the Antichrist? Is this, is this person? You know, and, and a guessing game. But the thing is that the spirit of this Antichrist is already in the culture, because when you look at the characteristics of the Antichrist, um, one is someone who is arrogant. You see that in the culture. Someone who is against, you know, God. Well, that's growing in the culture. Um, the, someone who def- desecrates, defiles, is immor- immoral, changes morality. That's already in the culture. So the spirit of the Antichrist, as we get closer, is already there. When the, by the time it, it, he comes, you're not going to have to get who it is. Let's go to the calls. First time caller, Jason in Oklahoma City. Jason, you're on. Go ahead. Hi. Hi, Jace. Hi. Uh, is, uh, is this George? Yeah, yeah, it sure is. Okay. Go ahead. All right. Uh, yeah, uh, Rabbi Khan, it's so great to hear you, uh, your voice on the radio again. I always enjoy to hear you on. Thank you. Um, I just wanted to want to make a quick comment, and uh, then I'll get, get off here for, for other callers to get on. Um, I just want to say uh, thank you so much for what you've done, what you've written. Um, it has impacted my life. Uh, I started, I read your first book, The Harbinger, way back in the day, and then uh, went on and read uh, last the, the Return of the Gods. Really impacted my life. Uh, it brought me out of a whole alternative lifestyle that you mentioned in there. Uh, I was straight up in the path of Ishtar. And 
your your book changed my life wow dramatically and uh i mean i can't say thank you enough for that um I just finished your uh, Josiah Manifesto today, and it was just a powerful book, also. And uh, I thank you so much for uh, for what you've done, for following, you know, what God has showed you, and uh, just thank you for everything, man. I, I just, I really, if you, I'm a life changed. I know there's others' lives has been changed as well, but I truly am a testimony. Oh, thank you so much. That that's the best thing I could ever hear. Thank you. I mean, that, I mean, more than anything is changing life. And thank you so much. Makes it worthwhile, doesn't it, Jonathan? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you know, George, you never. I mean, this is true for you too. You, you never meet all the people you affect. You know, um, and so when you hear anything, you know, it's just that. That's what it's all about. And and that's I, I couldn't get, I couldn't hear anything better. More than more than the book being number one. More than all this stuff is a life. You know, and so that's wonderful. Thank you. You have said that there's a supernatural story behind your very first book, The Harbinger, that you never yeah. shared with us. Oh, yeah. what, what was that? Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, the thing is that, that, first of all, I never wrote a book before, you know, George, and I knew I had to write this book. And the book, like, The Harbinger just wrote itself. I mean, literally. I, I didn't know how to write. I mean, I never wrote a book. As I started, you know, every time I sat down, you know, a, a half a chapter was done every time. It was the easiest thing I ever did. When I finished it, though, I didn't know what to do because there was no, you know, people, you know, people knew me in certain, you know, segments, but publishers didn't know me. And so what happened was the very the week that I finished the book, I'm on a flight to Texas to speak at Promise Keepers, um, and I it stops in Charlotte Airport, and I didn't know what to do. People were saying you got to get an agent, you got to get, it. and so I bowed my head and I pray in Charlotte Airport. I say, listen, God, you know, you know, you know how to get words out. You don't need, you don't need an agent. You don't need this. You know. So I pray the prayer. I open up my eyes, and there's a guy sitting next to me, and he says to me, "What's the good word?" I said, "Well, I said God loves you. That's the good word." He said, "Yeah, I know that, but what's the good word?" And then he starts. He begins, and this, I'm just telling you, this is what happened. He begins. He's a believer. He begins speaking prophetically. He says, "You wrote a book. This book is of God." This book is going to, it's going to, God is going to spread it to the, to the nation, to the world. You're going to be known, and, and it's just going to be the hand of God. Now, now it turned out that, that this, is, this is kind of a very cool thing. For those who know football, there's something called the helmet catch by David Tyree at the New York Giants. It was yeah, like the most yeah. incredible thing. Well, people don't know David Tyree is a believer, and before he went into that game, a guy went up to him and said, God's going to do something. He's going to do an like, amazing thing. It's going to be like a catch, and you're going to become famous, and you're going to write a book, and you're going to glorify God. Well, he did. He, he did, and he wrote a book, and the guy who gave him that prophecy is the same guy sitting next to me at the airport. <laughs> and, and, and because he, because of David Tyree's Super Bowl catch, I mean, talk about the summary. Because of that, and because he wrote the book, that put this guy in touch with a publisher, the publisher of that book, the guy who's sitting next to me at the airport now. And so he sends a he sends an email to the president of this publishing company. The guy sends me uh, an email and says, "Listen, we heard what happened at the airport. We heard about this thing called the Harbinger. We have no idea what it is, but we're interested." And that is how the Harbinger went forth to the world. Not by man, not by a thing, just by, I bowed my head, and literally this pro- this prophetic word came. I mean, you know, you can't make it up. You can't. You really can't. Next up, Mark in Canada. Take it away, Mark. Go ahead. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Blessings be with all of you. This is so amazing. Because, I mean, right now in my life, I'm on this Shine Love movement. And I met a young woman, we're going to go out and we're going to give flowers away and we're going to have a little card on the flower and it's 
going to celebrate Dr. Leo Buscalia. Go out and do something good for somebody today, and if you can't do that, then don't do them any harm. And so my question is, is how can we propagate this in, in, in society? Because, I mean, we've got to get back to helping one another. And anyway, I, you're, so, you're all so amazing. Thank you. Will that happen again, Jonathan? Will we have that ability to make things better for people? Well, we we do. No, no matter where we are, no matter what we're, no matter what's going on around us, you know, that we're called to be lights, you know. And so we, you know, we look at the darkness, and you, you know, the, the the human thing is to say, oh no, it's so dark, I can't, uh, you know, and, and then you react to it. But we're not supposed to be reacting to the world. If we're with God, we're supposed to be acting upon the world. You know, one of the one of the um, chapters of the manifesto part is called heavenly agents on earth. And that's what, you know, Josiah was not a passive reactor. He was an active agent on the world. So it really doesn't matter what's going, how the world is. You know, there are people who were in concentration camps and they were shining the light of God there. You know, the darkness does not stop a light from shining. So yes, we have the potential to touch and change. And that, that's what, you know, that's what Josiah is an example of, not, you know, our life, our family, our world, but we got to think differently. We're not here to get, we're not here to, you know, what people do to us. We're here to be part of the answer. Myat's with us in the city of New York. Speaking of New yes. York, hi, Myat. Good morning, gentlemen. This is really an intriguing program. I have a brief three-parter, and I listen over the air. First of all, I'd like you can, uh, uh, for you to connect your work with our present world as to AI, um, nanotechnology, et al. I mean, you know, they cloned Dolly some years ago. That w- A woman did it, and she just recently died in the cyber world. The second part is I like um, your guesstimate as to what percentage of the American population is pure in heart. The last part um, uh, uh, would be, um, what, what is the last part? I'm, I'm fading away way over he- here. Um, oh, solutions and preparedness. I'd like you to... Um, drill down into what we can do as individuals and or communities um, for these times. If you have my question, it's Jonathan, right? Okay. Okay. Let me, let me, uh, okay. And I got him, John, if you need him. Yeah, that'll, I think I have two out of three. So yeah, why don't you, why don't you tell me? Um, all right. Well, the first, okay. One is, um, oh yeah, I got it. Okay. As far as how, how, you know, how many, what percentage is pure? It's very hard to say. I mean, God knows that. Uh, very hard to know hearts. Although, you know, the the thing is that even though we'd like to say more, it's generally, generally a remnant that is really standing. I mean, when you look at, uh, you know, I mentioned, say, for instance, Nazi Germany. You know, a lot of people who may have been nice, but the question, you get tested when, you know, these things happen. What's really in your heart? Are you living for yourself or are you living for something bit greater and good? So, and the thing is, what it's saying, in the end times, we're going to be tested. And, you know, George mentioned, you know, for the, the, the Antichrist. Well, you know, we're going to be tested in these things. So that's one thing. As far as 
as um, as far as preparedness, you know, again, that is, and I'm not doing it to push the book. I mean, you know, it doesn't need that. But that, again, I've never written a book where it's not only the mysteries, but it's actually an answer linked to the mystery. And one of the things that we have to prepare ourselves because we have to wean ourselves from being, you know, so caught up in the the wrong of this world and the corruption and things that are coming through our television sets and our, our internet and all. Um, you know, we have to, you know, Josiah weaned himself. He had to be, you have to be separate in one sense in order to be, had to be a light or to be an active agent, to be an answer. You can't be part of the problem. So we have to be prepared by getting almost independent of the world that we get plugged into God and that you could be, you could be independent of these things. Um, the other thing is that when you mentioned AI, you know, or, well, certainly biblical prophecy would go along with it because the Bible speaks, of, I mean, we know, and, I'm, and everybody at Coast to Coast knows that, you know, the Bible speaks about the mark of the beast and some people think it's, you know, it's technology. I mean, it's certainly technology. You can't have many of the things it says in, in the in anti-prophecy without technology. Um, and the other thing is that I mentioned one of the things that from the return of the gods, that when, it, when a civilization turns away from God, it ends up worshiping the works of its hands, and the, like an idol. But the thing is that when Paul, the Apostle Paul, speaks about idols, he uses the word techne, which is the, we get the word technology. So what it's saying is, eternally, what's going to happen is people are going to be serving their technology, and technology becomes more human while we start, we start becoming less human. So all these things are end-time dynamics, and AI is part of that. Dramatic to be sure. Let's go to Don in Kent, Ohio. Hey, Donald, go ahead. Oh, God bless you, brothers George and Jonathan. You know, excellent show. You know, Christians are being persecuted. You know, the Justice Department and the FBI have targeted Catholics. There's agents in the pews. And, you know, Christians are being arrested for protesting drag queen story hours and abortion clinics. But in uh, 2 Thessalonians 2, it talks about God sending a strong delusion that those will not be um, saved that do not believe in the truth. They, um, they work in unrighteousness and that. Now, on either side of that verse, it talks about the love of the truth. And in Revelation 14:7, the angel gives us the solemn warning to worship God, the Creator. And I believe this is uh, tied into Isaiah 66:23, that in the um, new heaven and the new earth shall all flesh come to worship God on the Sabbath day. That's the seventh-day Sabbath. That's not Sunday. Sunday is a creation of uh, paganism and that. So the, the total concept here is that we have to worship God on the day he wants us to worship him. What say you? Okay, a few things. One is um, the when when you speak about the persecution of yeah yeah the Bible says that's coming and one of the principles in Isaiah it says what are those who call evil good and good evil and the, the the principle is that when a society starts calling what is evil good and that's kind of like hey anything goes this is good this is good this is good it'll end up coming to another stage where it starts calling what is good evil and so now we're in that time now it's not anything goes now it's cancel culture now it's it, it's crushing now it's coming against. That's the way it goes, and that's what the Bible says would happen. As far as it, I, I will have a difference with what you said. Um, I'm sure your heart is good, but the thing is, God is looking at the heart, and so you know you worship Him every.
every day of the every day of the week. Paul said, if you want to keep one day, you do it. The other, you, you're right though. This, the biblical Sabbath is Friday night to Saturday. The Sunday is the first day of the week, and that's also holy too. In fact, every day is holy. So the point is, it's it's what's in your heart. We're in the middle of Jewish holidays right now, aren't we? Oh yeah, oh yeah, and and the, we're right in between the trumpets and the the Yom Kippur, which is the link to the Day of Judgment. The cool thing, George, is that all of the autumn holy days are all linked to the end times. The spring holy days are linked to the first coming of the Messiah. The 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 autumn holy days are all part of the mystery of the second coming. I don't know if we have time in this segment, but you got but, two minutes. Go ahead. All right. Well, well, that's why, you know, the autumn holidays are like a mystery to so many believers. So, uh, you know, I'm a pastor, George, as you know, a rabbi pastor. And so we celebrate this in, with Jesus, you know, in, in pointing to him. And the thing is that, so the, what is, there's three main ones. First are trumpets, the Feast of Trumpets, then Yom Kippur, the day, and then the Feast of Tabernacles. And the amazing thing is all of them have a prophetic, amazing thing. When you look at the end of the Bible, and we, or when you look at end-time prophecy, you, what do you see? All, you see all of them. First of all, you see trumpets. The trumpet will sound. The trumpet mm-hmm. linked to the rapture. Trumpet's linked to the second coming. It will. The trumpet will sound. You know, and and then Book of Revelation. Trumpets. The seven. Tr- everything's trumpets. Trumpets are about saying, "Get ready, because the King is coming. Get ready, because He's coming." And then the, then Yom Kippur is the day of the Lord when you stand before face to face with the Lord, linked to the actual second coming or the the day of judgment when man and God stand face to face. And I'm going I'm going hyper fast. But the last one, Feast of Tabernacles. It says then God will tabernacle with us, and then the kingdom will come. That's all about the kingdom to come, ultimately about heaven. It's a good, for those who are in the Lord, it's a good ending. It ends well. <laughs> There's a celebration at the end. There's so much to this, but the mystery is big. It's amazing how accurate all this stuff is, isn't it? Yeah, I think, you know, God knows what he's doing, you know, and, and he's been at it a long time, and when he, he does something, it, like, it just is it's specific, it's precise, that's what I've learned. John, we've got your websites linked up at coasttocoastam.com. Are you on Facebook, Instagram, any of that? Yeah, I'm on everything, you know, YouTube, I'm on, John, i got YouTube, Facebook, all that, yes, I'm all over the place. And we can get to that from your websites? Yeah, and if you just go Jonathan on YouTube or Jonathan on Facebook or Jonathan on whatever, you know, you will get it. I put up messages and prophetic things all the time, and hopeoftheworld.org is, has the uh, ministry part and, and prophecy as well. We're going to come back in just a moment and take final phone calls with Jonathan Kahn right here on Coast to Coast AM. Josiah Manifesto, the ancient mystery and guide for the end times. And we're back with our final segment with Jonathan Kahn, author of the Josiah Manifesto, the ancient mystery and guide for the end times. And I assume people can get the book all over the place, Jonathan. Yeah, it is literally everywhere. It can go online right now on Amazon and anywhere online. It's even Walmart has it and Barnes and Noble, wherever there are books. And I, I hope that also people get it, not just for themselves, but for people in your life who need to know. What are you working on next? Interesting that you ask us. Normally, normally when a book comes out, you know, like I just finished, and I'm like, okay, let me let me take a break, you know. But I already I I know what the next book is, and I'll okay. I, so George, I've kept this kind of secret, but I guess <laughs> you might as well break it break it tonight. I guess that's it. And that, um, the next book is going to be the Return of the Gods to the sequel. It is still happening, and it's a whole nother realm, a whole nother dimension about what's happening. It's going to be real explosive, and uh, I'm I'm real excited about it. But I just so there's the secret. <laughs> what's your What's your target date for that? 
Um, well, normally, normally I start writing the books in January, and then it's finished about about May, um, and then they're on the shelves on September, you know, and all that. So um, it's still going to be the thing. It'll be, it'll, I'm sure it'll be coming out next September, even though I think I'll be able to write it earlier because I'm usually never this early. And you just happen to ask that question, so you know. So I guess God wants it out. <laughs> Excellent. Let's go to Jeff in North Dakota to get started here. Hi, Jeffrey. Go ahead. Hi, George. Thanks for having me on. And George, I've got to tell you three things to encourage you that the Lord says the fear of the Lord is beginning of knowledge. And also he says in James, we have not because we ask not. So when we do ask, he gives us the power of the Holy Spirit to teach us all things. So that's an encouragement for you. And I also want to tell you that America is in the Bible many times. Um, when I was yep. growing up in Illinois, a lot of people that, that survived the concentration camps, that was a sight to see for a child but they taught me a lot. But in the word Jerusalem is J-E-R-U-S-A-L-E-M. So USA is in the word <laughs> Good point. Good point. <laughs> anyway, Jonathan, thank you so much for what you're doing, and I'm so glad that our Lord uh, saw that you were not an atheist. But well, for you, well, Jonathan, I got a couple questions if you yeah, know sure. about these two prophecies. Sure. Um, in Isaiah, it's happening right now, 418, it says, I think it's a 24-, 25-year-old prophecy, but it's saying that rivers are flowing out of the middle of nowhere in the desert right now as we speak. And also, um, the Euphrates River is drying up. So what's your thoughts on those, Jonathan? Yeah, well, um, yeah, the, 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 the book of Revelation says that the Euphrates River will be dried up and to make way for the kings of the east, which talks about an army of about 200 million people from the from which could only be China. Um, and the thing is that, yeah, so, I mean, it still will be totally dried at that moment, but the fact that it is drying up has got to take, got to take um, notice. You know, even my, my son said, hey, Dad, it's drying up now. So, yeah, the Bible says it will. Um, as far as rivers flowing out of, I mean, you know, uh, the Bible speaks about, um, you know, dry rivers also happening as a sign of redemption, particularly in Israel. But, yeah, Euphrates, that's pretty big. That's huge. That's scary, too. But it's yeah. happening all over the planet, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And that is and that is definitely, I mean, anybody can look in the book of Revelation and you'll see it, uh, the stopping up or the drying up of, of Euphrates. So the fact, even, it's not the final fulfillment of the fact that it is even happening and that it says that it's going to be moving that way is, is pretty, yeah, pretty scary. Let's go next to Mark in Arizona, west of the Rockies. Mark, go ahead, sir. Hello, George. Hello, Rabbi Jonathan, and hey. I hope you're having a blessed Rosh Hashanah, you and your family. <laughs> we are. Thank you. Rabbi, the last time I met you was in San Antonio. Me and Kim had you sign a book, and we gave you a Mark Twain book. Oh, yeah. Thank you. That's right. So my question for you, it's real simple, is you've got Orthodox Jews, you have Messianic Jews, and you have born-again believers. Can you kind of give us a distinguishment between those three different sects there and how they relate to each other or don't relate to each other? Yeah, well, they're all kind of joined in one sense. I mean, you know, there's the physical and the spiritual, and the, the you know, the, the, uh, the Orthodox Jew or any Jewish person is, by flesh and blood, is a child of Abraham, is of the God's Israel. But 
spiritually, any born-again believer, the Bible says, you have spiritually become a child of Israel. You've been grafted in. So, uh, you know, if you're born again, you're not Jewish by flesh and blood, you're Jewish by spirit, and you're, you know, you're saved. Uh, An Orthodox Jewish person is Jewish on the outside, I mean, in this sense, but, you know, and, and certainly Jewish, but also needs the Messiah to become complete. A Messianic Jew is like Paul or Peter or Mary, um, but God is doing a whole revival now. I'm one of them. You know, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm a believer and I'm Jewish. So, you know, you can go all completed, but, you know, it's, it's on the inside and the outside. So, you know, this is one of the signs when I said that Jesus said he's not coming back until, you know, the Jewish people say, blessed is he. You know, so that meant they had to return physically to the land. But the final part of that prophecy and other prophecies in the Bible is that the Jewish people have to come spiritually, have to return to God. And one of the ancient prophecies says, and return to David, their king, which that's a way of speaking about the son of David, Messiah. So the end is not complete until, that's the other side when we talk about end-time prophecy, and this is the good part, is that the Jewish people have to come back to their Messiah. That's, he said, only then will he come. And even that's beginning to, and you know, the modern Messianic revival actually began when the Jewish people returned to Jerusalem. And I believe there's a connection there. So it's happening too. All these things are happening. Is the Bible say anything about the problems within Israel? I mean, uh, recently these protests over Netanyahu changing laws and things like that is unprecedented. (laughs) Yeah, it is. And well, you know, in the general, yeah, I mean, a few things that one is, you know, Jesus said to his people, you know, to Israel, he said, you know, you're, you're not going to have peace. Your peace is hidden from you until, you know, you, you come back, you know. So no matter what Israel does in the big picture, you know, the Jewish people were, were wandering the world for 2,000 years, and they said, well, you know what, we never have peace. So we'll have, the reason is we're not back in the land. So they go back in the land, you know, God brings them in. And they said, well, now we're going to have peace like everybody else. Well, no, <laughs> you know, no matter what Israel does, there's no peace, and there is division as well, you know. So this is actually, it's a big picture kind of prophecy, but it's saying until you, you come home, I mean, spiritually, and this goes with what, what we were just talking about, you're not going to have peace. And, and the other thing, this is not the Bible, um, George, but there is that saying, you know, whenever you have two Jews, you have three opinions. <laughs> Cornelius in Alexandria, Louisiana. Hello there, Mr. White. Hey there, George and Jonathan. Boy, I tell you, y'all got a real hot subject tonight. Jonathan, I get a book from your organization every month, so I want to salute you on that. And I've talked to you two or three times. They call me the God Guns and Gold Man, the Bible Bullets and Beans Man, telling everybody to get ready. And so I want to say a shout-out to Don in Kent, Ohio. And you're right. Every day we need to worship the Lord, not just one day, every day. Yeah. Now, what I told Tommy, I want you to hit the aliens as being the fallen angels. That's one thing. I want you to hit this, I call it artificial intelligence, antichrist intelligence. And Elon Musk said, if you put a chip in the head, I'll make the blind see and the lame walk. Except he's using technology to do that, whereas God uses the word of the Lord to do it. And my last thing is this new digital dollar that Biden had signed off on last year. And even in Jamaica, they forced them to go to a digital dollar. Here in Alexandria, Louisiana, we've gone cashless at the Coliseum where we have our sporting 
and entertainment events and stuff like that. So you can tell the Bible's coming true. Oh, people read Revelation, Daniel, and Matthew 24, and Luke 21. God bless you, Jonathan. God bless you, George. And thank you so much for Coast to Coast AM. We- <laughs> thank you. Um, yeah, well, as far as, you know, I mean, like the, the, again, AI, um, yeah, and even the, the movement of transhumanism, yeah, the idea of putting a chip in there, it says you'll have the market, no one will buy or sell, that goes with digital currency, and everything is moving the way the Bible says, you can never uh, have it happen, what Revelation says, that, that no one will buy or sell across the entire world without this mark, so yeah, everything is moving in that, as far as um, aliens and fallen angels, there, you know, there is, there one of the theories is that, you know, when you read Ezekiel and he speaks about these angelic beings, some of those descriptions sound like, you know, you know, they could be something that is now when people say UFOs and all those things. So that's one of the theories, you know, uh, we don't know. But, you know, and, and as far as the rest, listen, the main thing, everything is heading the way God said it was going to be for such a time as this. Are there any surprises? Are you shocked with anything, Jonathan? I think there's always surprises, you know, as long as there's God, there's always surprises, because if he, you know, if there's no surprises, I don't think that he's God, you know, <laughs> there's always that. So on one, I mean, so on one hand, you know, like we know the overall and, you know, the overall plan, we know that, but we don't, but the details are not all there. And so, and I think there's a reason why God doesn't tell us all the details, because, you know, because it, it's going to unfold. So yeah, there's always going to be surprises. You know, someone says they're going to be surprised when you get to heaven, you'll be surprised who made it, you know, and, and maybe who who did, you know, but also in our lives, you know, I've had things in my life, George, this is kind of another realm, but it goes with it. And that is that where people told me something, I mean, early on, you know, and it all came true. People told me I was going to be in ministry early on when I was in college and all these things that would happen, it all came true. But if you ask me, did I know how it was going to come true? No. Did it, I mean, everything was a surprise, but the overall, so the same with Bible prophecy, same with the end times. We, we know the overall, but it's going to, there's going to be a lot of surprises. Let's go to Newport News, Virginia. James is with us. Hey, James, go ahead. Hey, George. Hey, uh, Jonathan. Hey, hey, uh, George, uh, you always let me say the name of my book. Is that okay? I do it in the front, right up front, and I get on with the question? Yep. It's blessed, blessed with an angel and a rainbow, and I asked the Holy Spirit to help me write the books um, years ago, and it's been updated recently, uh, Jonathan, for the Great Eclipse. It was only in America, uh, August 21, 2017. It went through America. The only time it went through America— only the continent was 1776 when our country uh, declaration of independence. Then it, about a month later, a little bit more than a month, I'm surprised you haven't mentioned this or, or know it, Revelation 12 came true, September 23rd, 2017. That's the woman, the child, and the dragon that says you're supposed to look to heaven, and that's a constellation that happened. So it's science. It's not astrology. It's astronomy, and it happened, and that's where, to, where to go. Satan tried to overtake heaven, and he and one-third of the angels were cast down to the earth, and, and Virgo is the uh, woman, and uh, anyway, it's, it's a constellation. You look it up on the YouTube, uh, you'll see it there, but it's, it's scientific. It's purely uh, from a, astronom- a, astronomy, and the one-third of the angels were cast down, but one-third of the angels, how many was that? Well, when you go to Revelation 5, uh, John's up around the throne room. He sees uh, 24 elders and four good beasts, and he says there's 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands when you total the whole thing, so there are over 100 million angels. So if a third of them were cast down trying to overtake heaven and turned into demons that came down just before the last election, that would show why we're having all this negativity on our planet. 
and we have the four horses of the apocalypse, which you haven't mentioned. I don't know why you're getting everything. It seems like you're not getting things from the New, New Testament, from Revelation. You're picking up so much from the Jewish Old Testament that the things that are right there, low-bearing low fruit, you're not getting to tell people, well, just read Revelation, and you'll know it. You don't have to go through all these mystery books. But anyway. Okay. Okay. Uh, well, you know, <laughs> just a few things. One is, listen, the, the New Testament is just as Jewish as the Old Testament. <laughs> so it's all one book. You know, I mean, it's two, two covenants, one book. Um, and, you know, and, and with Revelation, you know, I mean, and with what you just said, I mean, it's an example. That's an interpretation that this all happened just then. But um, there's many other interpretations other ways. But, um, there's, but the point is the entire Word of God is filled with Revelation. Good point, Jonathan. Good point indeed. But none of this scares you. No, it really doesn't. You know, uh, and I mean, I mean that. I'm not, and I'm not just saying this like this. You know, I, I'm, I'm usually like when, when, when the people say, "Well, how do, how do you get that?" I'm usually, I'm the first one to be overwhelmed. Like when, I'm, when, oh wow, Lord, this and this and this, and how did you, and this matches with it? I'm the first one to be. I'm blown away by it. You know, um, and I can't explain how it comes and all that. But I'm not scared because, you know, the thing is, if you know, you know, you know where you're going, you know who you're going with, you know you're right with with the king, you know, then why are you worrying about, you know, everything else, really? I mean, and that's not just true with prophecy, that's true with everything, you know. If you know, you know, there's a scripture that says, you know, if God is for you, then who can be against you, you know? So, so really, I'm, I'm not, and, and, and this is even, this is even, this will sound even more strange, I'm excited, because, you know, to me, again, this is the most exciting time of human history. You know, I, I don't like everything that's happening by a long shot, I'm grieved by, but it's also, listen, that's the job, you know, if, if, again, we're supposed to be lights, then listen, if it's dark, that means this is a time to do your job. So, we're, you know, what other time would we be? You know, so to me, I'm really, yes, uh, it only excites me. The name of the book, The Josiah Manifesto, Jonathan Kahn. Jonathan, keep in touch with us. Up next, UFOs.